in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bully-proofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. And folks, we are an independent investment advisory firm, and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's best for you. So when you come in to visit, we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. There's no meter running. We're going to meet on a complimentary basis as many times necessary. Usually it takes two or three meetings to fully analyze your situation and complete a personalized income plan. And for your convenience, we do have multiple locations, Milford, Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Kentucky. And as always, you're going to meet one or all three of the guys that you make a connection with over the weeks, months, and years, Barry, Gregor, James. And if you're no longer with a company, but you still have money there in a the form of an employer plan, 401k, 430B, TSP, we can help you roll that out into a personalized traditional IRA or maybe Roth, if that's the tax status. Uh, most of the time, if you're no longer with a company, chances are you probably your money probably shouldn't be either. And even if you are employed, we can help you do an in-service rollover so you can continue to contribute to your plan at, at, at work, but you can take control of a portion of it. Give us a call at 513-575-9654. Visit our website at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Shoot us over an email at team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. James, what's going on today? Well, today's topic is about controlling your retirement fees how to find, calculate, and control your fees during retirement. Now, a couple of sayings, updated sayings at that is every dollar counts or a dollar saved is a dollar earned. Back in the day, it used to be a penny saved is a penny earned. Well, anymore, if you see a penny in the parking lot, most people don't even bother to stoop down to pick it up. And it's really sometimes when you think about the cost or the fees of investments and financial advice, I think people sometimes fail to properly measure what they're actually paying, what the costs are with their investment advice, with their financial advice, with the actual investments themselves, which are the retirement accounts, and consider that along with the other aspects of their life. For example, you shop around, or at least people usually shop around for deals when buying groceries, goods, services, so really, the, the analogy simply is this. It's in your best interest to make sure that you do not overpay for the goods and services that you receive. And that includes your investment advice. That includes your retirement advice. That includes those fees for those investment accounts, those retirement accounts. So when you do get to the retirement phase, whether you're actually planning for retirement or in retirement, and you start privately investing all of those retirement accounts or those accounts that are earmarked for retirement, it kind of boils down to this. More money in your pocket is, well, exactly just that, more money in your pocket. Fees also add up in a hurry. And if you want to make sure that you don't run out of money prior running out of life, then you need to keep as much as you can inside your portfolio at all times. Now, balance this out with looking at the the cost and the benefits of your investment advice. 
So another adage, if you've heard this one, it's if it's free, it's me. Or if you're penny wise and pound foolish means sometimes forsaking a good investment account or good investment advice just simply because it costs a little bit of money. Sometimes when people look at the investment fees, they shy away from doing what would be otherwise a really great investment simply because they just do not feel comfortable with the fees that they're being charged. So that's the balancing act is finding something that is a bargain. It may not be completely free, but it's still worth your while. And that's one of the areas that we can help Brian Financial Advisors. Our phone number 513-575-9654. Now, Barry, let's tie into today's show the thought-provoking questions. Yeah, and, and remember, listen to the, today's show closely because we're going to talk about those fees that you might even know, not know about, probably don't know about. But some of the thought-provoking questions, how much does it cost to buy, sell, buy and sell stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, and so on, your investments inside your retirement strategy. Are mutual funds loaded with commissions attached to them? What is an expense ratio? What other types of fees are inside mutual funds? Do annuities have fees? Do higher mutual fund fees translate to higher or better performance? Why do ETFs, exchange-traded funds, have lower expense ratios than most mutual funds? What's the average annual cost of an actively managed mutual fund? Do most actively managed mutual funds outperform their benchmark indices? And finally, how do you help to control and minimize your fees while still giving a good value? Well, just a reminder, Barry, for people out there, when we're comparing mutual funds to ETFs, because this, I think, causes confusion first and foremost amongst are at least prospective investment clients. So tell us some of the differences there. Well, fees inside. Mutual funds can potentially have front loads, back loads, 12B1 fees, which we'll get into, and some other fees. Now, ETFs, they do have expense ratios, but they don't have commissions. Front loads and back loads are commissions or that nasty 12B1 fee, but they can have the same exact positions. It's a fund with maybe has other funds or lots of positions, uh, you can tie it to the S&P, the Dow, international, small cap, large cap, just like mutual funds, except they're more efficient and cost-friendly. So the individual stocks and bonds are just that. They are individual stocks and bonds. The mutual funds and the ETFs, usually there's a host fund that has many different things inside of that outside wrapper, if you want to call it that. So the host fund, whether it's a mutual fund or an ETF, will potentially have other funds inside of that. And then this is where the layering of cost comes in, the redundancies, the overlaps, and this is most typically with mutual funds, is inside of the host fund will be other funds. And then inside of those funds might again be other funds, or that that level is where you get to the individual stocks and bonds and whatever else is inside that particular fund. So the extra layers, that's where the ETFs really does help is it removes some of these layers of costs and therefore the redundancies of what's in your portfolio. Now, about annuities, there are some annuities that really do not have fees other than just simply the cost of the contract itself. Barry, tell us more about annuities and some of the different attachments, if you want to call it that, as far as how yeah. the fees start adding up. Yeah, and there's all kinds of uh, insurance companies that offer different flavors of annuities. And we're talking about fixed index annuities right now. 
We'll get to variable annuities later. Fixed index annuities, you can you can uh, buy a rider for uh, income benefit for life, a lifetime income stream. Uh, there's riders for uh, to, to guarantee a bump up on a death benefit, maybe long-term care. And there's some annuities that we work with, some insurance companies that have all built-in fees, meaning there's really no cost to the client. And the commission is paid from the insurance company. So there's really no fees whatsoever in a lot of the products that we use, James. Right. But at the same time, if you look at what does a rider cost, that will be part of the discussion is, yes, the annuity itself is one cost or one fee. And then if you purchase, notice I said purchase. So if you buy or purchase a rider, there typically is an additional cost for that rider. But at the same time, what are the features and the benefits of that particular rider, whether it's for long-term care? Sometimes one of the great trade-offs is, yes, I'm buying a long-term care protection benefit at the cost of I could not otherwise qualify medically via the underwriting for long-term care insurance. Sometimes that's a very important trade-off, but nevertheless, it's still a trade-off. It's something that can be a, a major, major benefit for people that otherwise would not be able to purchase or to buy long-term care insurance, which means they would not otherwise have protection for a potential long-term care stay. And if you look at what's the potential cost of a long-term care stay, it's about, right now in today's dollars, very close to $100,000 a year. And if you wind up staying multiple years in a nursing home, you're talking about blowing a multi-hundred-thousand-dollar hole in your retirement budget. So that can be a major issue when it comes to retirement planning is how to guard against or protect against a potential long-term care stay. Because it's not cheap, and that's in today's dollars, and those costs are simply going up at a rate of around 5 to 7% a year. So if you look at what does that cost today, what's it going to cost in five years, what's it going to cost in 10 years, that's one of the major reasons why we try to very carefully plan for potential long-term care stays when it comes to retirement planning. Any any additional thoughts on that? No, part? I mean, that is true. Long-term care is something that a lot of people just don't even think about. Well, I'm not going into our nursing home. And then lo and behold, uh, it happens. I mean, what's the percent over 65 that one or the other goes into a nursing home? At age 65, the percentage is close to 70%. If you look at people who are in the pre-retirement phase, that number is more like 50-50. So if you're looking at the, you know, the husband and wife team, it's like, well, honey, sorry, it's you, it's not me. Or maybe the vice versa is what's going to apply. But that's that's the reality is that it's more likely than not as the older that we get, that there will be a potential long-term care stay in your future. Now, we are up to a commercial break. So our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned, you're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The talk station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors 
Advisors, LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. And folks, we're an advisory firm. We're independent. And we have a fiduciary responsibility that's going to do what's best for you. So we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. When you give us a call at 513-575-9654. And when you come in to visit, like having a cup of coffee with an old friend, they'll meet a Ronnie. We'll meet on a complimentary basis. Fact-finding the first meeting, illustration and solutions on the second meeting. Sometimes it takes a third or maybe even a fourth. Doesn't matter. It's all complimentary until we decide or not decide to do business. Now, we have multiple locations, Milford, Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Kentucky. We're going to help you with that 401k, 403b, some kind of company plan. If you don't own with a company, chances are you take control of it. Invest it how you want to invest it. Roll it out. Even if you are with a company, we can help you do what's called an in-service rollover and take out a portion of it and take control of it before you actually retire. Visit our website at brownfinancialadvisors.com and shoot us over an email. We're going to answer every single one. Team at Brown Financial Advisors. James? Well, in the prior subject about annuity costs, we want to clean something up about the different types of annuities, whether it be a fixed annuity, fixed index annuities, or variable annuities, as far as some of the costs involved with these. So, Barry, help us clean that up. Yeah, uh, we were referring to fixed index annuities, and, and, and there's no product cost. That for the base unit. And even for uh, some of the companies that we use, there's, there's no rider cost. It has built-in income riders and long-term care benefits. It's all built in, not a penny for fees. Your account will not go backwards because of market condition or fees. It can only go up if the market goes up. Now, variable annuities is a whole different monster. There's fees in variable annuities, whether you know it or not. And we'll get into that later. Yes, but by and large, when we talk about annuities that we would recommend, it would be either the fixed or the fixed indexed annuities, yeah. not the variable annuities. If if you're looking at a variable annuity, it's like it's trying to do two things at once and it does neither one very well. It has actual investments inside of the accounts, sub-accounts, and then it also has a wrapper of insurance. And the overall cost the fees add up to around 3 to 5% on average for a variable annuity. Which you don't even know about. Well, you may know about it, but still, if you know exactly what you're paying for this, I very few people would actually, in their right mind, pay for that. Because think about this way. If you have, say, for your investment advice, if you're paying your advisor 5% annually a year, <laughs> you're going to say, no, I don't think so. <laughs> And if you're looking at the concept of insurance and you're thinking, well, I'm buying a form of life insurance, well, you're only buying a insurance for the principal protection, not for any growth in that particular product. So the insurance itself, yes, there is some insurance protection in case your account value goes down. But what are you how much is that going to cost? And then typically what the best response is when people saying about variable annuities is, well, they're dying to get their money back because the only way to get their money back via the insurance is to die. That's not a great trade-off, by the way. And keep in mind, the word variable should scare you. Variable means it can go up and down with the stock market, your value. 
fixed index fixed means it can't go down because of market conditions. So that's a big difference too. So the bottom line is simply this. If you want to have a market-based investment, then yeah. efficiently buy a market-based investment. And if you want to have insurance, then efficiently buy insurance. Don't buy something that's expensive and does neither one very well. Now, on to our topic at hand, which is about controlling your retirement fees, your investment fees. You know, sometimes the number is quite astounding when you add everything all up. So once again, using our prior example, if you had a financial product or vehicle that was costing you 5% annual fees, would you do that knowingly? And for most people, it's a rhetorical question because the answer is, of course, no. So if you thought the only fee you were paying was that 1% annual management fee to the advisor, but then but then you find out later that everything the advisor is investing in, as far as your money is concerned, also carries an additional cost of 1% to 2% more, how happy would you be about that? So that's, that's part of the transparency of the process is knowing exactly what you own, why you own it, and what is the cost of ownership. Barry? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I don't want to create an argument, but we meet people every day through the through the year, and we do what's called a PAR analysis, portfolio uh, review of their, their stuff, and we let them know exactly what they're paying. And most, I would say most, don't know about the hidden fees. So a lot of it's hidden. And they've never seen that, like internal fees for mutual funds and other things. Now, that's okay because we're going to inform you today on ways to calculate your fees, where to look, and what to do when you want to reduce your annual cost. Now, if you want to accelerate your research into the aspect of your portfolio, then give us a call at 513-575-9654. And we can look under the hood and show you what you're paying. So, yes, the PAR process, the Portfolio Analysis Review, helps to expose all those overlaps, redundancies, the cost inefficiencies. That's just simply part of the process. It is a typically it's a Morningstar-based report, and it's third-party research that's very objective. And that's, again, something that we do as part of our process. Now, hypothetically, if you have, let's just say you had a mutual fund and you had an ETF and the underlying investments are basically identical. And that means that over the course of time, the results or the performance of those particular underlying investments are also identical. Now, the difference is in the mutual funds case, there's extra layers of costs built into that because of the extra layers of funds. The ETF being more cost efficient doesn't quite have the same layers of costs or fees. So over a 40-year time period, and this is a financial study done by TD Ameritrade, by the way, it found that over that 40-year time frame period that there was a difference of $190,000 in the total cost when all was said and done. So hypothetically, if you could save $100,000, if you could save $200,000 by simply making better choices, then most people would do this. And yes, I know it's just an example, but consider what your retirement accounts would do over a 20, 30, or even a 40-year time frame when you actually have control of your costs. And that's one of the reasons why, just one of the reasons why, that you should pay more attention to these different details. So do not overlook, do not underestimate what the impact of the fees will have. Don't just simply trust the financial people and assume that they have your best interest at heart. 
Typically, what we also find is that when you say, well, does your investment advisor work for you? We constantly point this out about the difference between the fiduciary versus the suitability standard. So most of the advisors in the advisor world today don't truly have a fiduciary duty to you as the client. In other words, you're not their number one client. I know that sounds pretty harsh to say it that way, but that's really simply the truth. So you need to price in the relationship. Yes, and it is a relationship and also your portfolio and determine once and for all whether you can reduce your costs. Once again, those are different ways that we can help Brown Financial Advisors. Give us a call, 513-575-9654. Now, Barry, let's delve into the different types of fees. Yeah, the different categories. Okay, I'm going to talk about the product level fees. Good, good place to start. Now, before we talk about any types of products and vehicles that you might want to avoid and, and alternatives you need to pick from, we think we need to know about four basic types of fees. Now, the first one is a basic product level fee or the fees that the company offering a financial vehicle may attach to the product. To give you an example, you may, may have an account with XYZ firm, but they may have taken some of your money and invested it into a mutual fund company. Now, the mutual fund company is their own entity. they got to make their money. And in this case, the, the, the advisory firm company, XYZ, is simply using their own mutual fund product for their client. However, the mutual fund company isn't free. As I said, they charge annual expense, front loads, back loads, 12B1 fees, all kinds of things that's inside that you don't even know about. So you're paying fees upon fees upon fees. So that's just one category of fees. So the product level fees, there's also custodian level fees, there's advisory fees, there's also commissions and loads types of fees. So we're going to delve into all those next. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help, but stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We're independent. That means we're not captive to a mothership with a certain amount of tools. We have all the tools available to us. And we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So we're going to work for you, you as clients, not companies. And leave your wallet and purse at home when you come in to visit. We're going to meet on a complimentary basis until we finalize and analyze your situation to complete a personalized plan for you. Uh, we have multiple locations. Milford's our home office. Love to see you there. But Blue Ash, Westchester, and even Florence, Kentucky. You're going you're gonna to meet one or all three of the guys you make a connection with over the weeks, months, and years. We can help you with that 401k, 403b. If you're no longer with a company, we can help you roll that out. Take control. Even if you are with a company, we can help you do an in-service rollover. Give us a call at 513-575-9650. Five, four. Visit our website at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Choose over an email, ask a question. We'll answer every single one. Team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. James? Well, on the subject of fees, we talked about the product level fees, which is typically known as you know the ownership of a mutual fund and mutual fund fees. And where we see the, the overlaps and redundancies typically is when there's a mutual fund inside of a mutual fund, perhaps even inside of a mutual fund. That's where all the different layers of fees are really adding up. 
the cost inefficiencies, the overlaps, redundancies, et cetera, et cetera. The next level of fee or the next type of fee would be the custodian level fees. So for example, if you have a TD Ameritrade account, then you might have TD Ameritrade fees. If you have a Schwab account, you might have Schwab fees. But if you have, so let's just say TD Ameritrade is the example here, is the custodian. Let's just say you have the American funds or some other type of XYZ mutual fund inside of it, then not only are you still paying, whether it's XYZ or American funds, as we just mentioned, but you're also paying TD Ameritrade because they are the ones administering and hosting your investment account for you. So typically the custodian simply is, that's where your money is being held. There might be charges such as your annual maintenance fee. Now, not all custodians charge this, and it could be really something nominal like $30 a year as an example, but typically that's their fee that they built in for doing the, the monthly statements, the annual tax reporting documents, all that fun stuff. The other fees that they're likely to charge you is to trade. That means to buy or sell whatever funds that you may have at that particular custodian. So when you buy or sell, whether it be a stock, bond, mutual fund, ETF, then there's some type of charge for that. Granted, thanks to recent competition, some of these fees have come down dramatically, but nevertheless, trading costs will be still a thing. It will cost you something, and they can vary greatly across different custodians. Barry, what's next? Well, advisory fees. Now, advisory fees may or may not be part of your personal situation, but you will only pay advisory fee if you work with an advisor or a broker who is licensed and hopefully has a fiduciary responsibility to charge a fee for their advice or the management of your account. For example, you might have an advisor charging 1.5% uh, annually based on the total amount of uh, money that you have under their care. It's called AUM, Assets Under Management. So if you have about a half a million being managed and 1.5 of that is 7,500 per year. Uh, this is on top of the product fees or anything internal that you, you may or may not know about, as well as custodial fees. Well, and then another level to be aware of would be things like commissions and loads. So depending upon the type of advisor that you have, they may also be collecting loads or fees on your investments. That might be simply how they're licensed is, you know, that's what they do. That's how they get paid. So remember, going back to our XYZ mutual fund example, well, most of these types of funds, mutual funds, are what's called A shares, which means that when your advisor puts, let's just say $100,000 into that mutual fund, they might make around a 5%, give or take, upfront sales load. It's a commission that they get to collect. So if you invest $100,000, they get to collect 5% of that, which means that your initial investment maybe starts at around $95,000, not the $100,000. And one very important thing to remember is that these are really based on the different types of advisors, the advisory practices, the salespeople, how they're licensed to incorporate all these different levels of fees. So you may have an advisor that uses loaded mutual funds, collects the commission from them, all these different fees, but they also charge you perhaps that 1% annual management fee. Maybe it's 1.5%. Whatever their annual management fee is, that's what they charge in addition to all these different types of commissions, loads, and other types of fees. Barry, what's yeah, next? Yeah, if, if you look at your statement and you see a mutual fund and you see an A at the end, that means that's a front-loaded commission. 
you see a B, that's backloaded. You could even see a C, which could be most. So look at your statement and see if you see that A, B, or C. Now, there's two financial vehicles that can be ripe with fees. To be clear, we see the fee problem occur most frequently in these two particular investment vehicles, one being an actively managed mutual fund and the other being a variable annuity. Let's go over both. Actively managed mutual funds. There are two main types of mutual funds, one being actively managed and the other one being tied to an index. Now, we're talking specifically about actively managed funds, and these types of funds are being managed by the internal mutual fund manager or a team of people. The team of people has a benchmark, meaning they are comparing the fund to its internal investments to the market index, like, let's say, the S&P. Their goal every year is to manage the fund, buy and sell within, and try to beat or outperform the market index they have set. So if the S&P goes up 22%, they want to get 22.1 or more. That's their goal. If the market goes down 15%, they want to lose no more than 14.99. They want to be down less. So for the active management, they will charge what is known as an expense ratio. So that's part of measuring the fees is also knowing the internal, the external costs of the expenses. Now, according to a recent article on Forbes, the average annual expense ratio for these types of funds is around 1% a year. Now, on top of that, they have an average annual transaction of costs of 1.4%. So that's in addition to that 1% other costs. Now, if you consider that a lot of the actively managed mutual funds could also be what are called A shares or loaded funds, you may also be paying a commission on top of that annual expense. So it, it's like you have a layered series of costs and fees, and it may be able to perhaps justify the added cost if it translates to performance. But remember, that's also part of the overall measurement is how much are they outperforming the benchmarks? Is it worth what you're paying, and are they truly earning what they're supposed to be getting paid? So probably, and this is this is the issue, is it probably doesn't add up. It, it doesn't justify the added cost. And according to an article on The Motley Fool, 66% of active mutual funds fail to beat their respective benchmark indices. And fewer than 8% of large cap active mutual fund managers were able to beat their benchmark indices over the past 15 years. So think about that. 8% means that's how many succeeded. 92% means they did not succeed. That's really what you should look at is there's a 92% chance that these people did not beat their benchmarks. Therefore, they really weren't what their cost. Barry? That's right. Let's talk about variable annuities. Variable annuities can be full of fees. We see it time and time again. I won't say 100%. There are some decent variable annuities, but typically if we're going to if we're going to put a client in an insurance product, it's going to be a fixed product where they can't go backwards because of market conditions. A variable annuity is an insurance product. It's a layer of insurance. It's wrapped around sub-accounts, mutual funds. So when you insert money, and that money is then inserted in what are called sub-accounts, or usually mutual funds, the, the sub-accounts are typically invested in actively managed mutual funds. So all the rules we just went through on actively managed funds apply here as well. And on top of that cost, variable annuities have several other fees that can stack up real quick. One is called a mortality and expense, M&E charge. 
which is around uh, 1% or so annually and is, is a life insurance that's wrapped around the layer of the subaccounts, James. So once again, when we say it's a type of life insurance, that means there's a certain amount of protection. That protection is typically your initial premium that you put into the product. So that's what is being protected. Now there are, if you if you think about the growth in the in your investment account, which is to say the variable annuity account, that is not the same thing as as far as being afforded that layer of protection. So in other words, if you have $100,000 of life insurance protection, your account value is now $150,000, that $50,000 might be subject to a tax known as an income tax when you liquidate that account, whether it's the you that owns the contract or the you that inherited the contract. Someone gets to pay the taxes on that extra growth that's above and beyond that layer of life insurance. So we're going to stop there. Commercial break time. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The Talk Station. Welcome back to the Sound of Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. We're an independent investment advisory firm. We're registered and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. You come in to visit, leave your wallet purse at home. We're going to meet on a complimentary basis as many times we need to, two, three, sometimes four, to fully analyze your personal situation and complete a personalized income plan. Now we have multiple locations, Milford, Blue Ash, Westchester, and across the river in Florence, Kentucky. And we can help you roll out that company plan, like a 401k, 43B, TSP, MOUSE. We can help you take control of it if you're not along with a company. And even if you are with a company and you're over 59 and a half, a lot of times we can do an in-service rollover. Give us a call at 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Shoot us over an email or answer every single one, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. James, where were we? Well, you can also visit our website and listen to various podcasts of this show or previous shows. And you can also find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, other different sites like that. But the best place to go to very simply is our website because we will have podcasts of some of our very recent shows. So this one should be posted within the next couple of days. Now, going back to the topic at hand, which was about insurance. So before we get back into the annuities, just a reminder for people out there, it is October. That means for Medicare folk, open season, otherwise known as the annual election period, is coming up starting October the 15th. Our recommendation very simply is this. If, you, if you're looking at buying Medicare insurance, very closely examine what are the best benefits for you. But remember this, whether it's Medicare Advantage or Medicare Supplement, or perhaps even a prescription drug plan, what all of these have in common is that they are not simply only original Medicare. So the first and foremost advice we can give to anyone out there with Medicare or Medicare eligibility is do not rely simply on original Medicare for your health insurance. Original Medicare pretty much is an 80-20 plan when it comes to the cost sharing 
So the Medicare will pay 80%. You get to pay 20%. If you don't have added layers of protection on top of that, which is to say a private insurance plan known as either Medicare Supplement or Medicare Advantage, you could be out of pocket 20% of upwards of 100 to 200 or several hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's the point about Medicare insurance is buy the best plan for you, whether that's the advantage or the supplement. And by the way, we can help you to analyze what is the best plan or the best plans for you. And it is individually. So the husband and wife team sometimes winds up with two different insurance companies or sometimes three different insurance companies because of the combination of plans that are out there. So once again, we can help you analyze what's the best plan or plans for you and it is individually based, so that means the husband may be with one company, the wife with someone else. It just means we're going to find the best options for you. Yes, folks, we have Medicare specialists on staff that can work with you. Whether you're a client or not, call in, we can help. Now, back to the subject about annuities. And this is true mostly with variable annuities, but it also applies to the fixed indexed annuities, which is to say riders typically do have a cost. Now, if you want to call them bells and whistles, special enhancements that that come along with the underlying insurance contract, the same applies. It's an income rider or perhaps a death benefit enhancement or long-term care rider that you'll likely see some type of a fee go up once you start adding in all these different types of riders. Once again, it's not uncommon to see a variable annuity with riders that have altogether a, an annual expense of north of 4%, some as high as 5%. And re remember this, annuities are simply insurance contracts designed for retirement or long-term care needs. They do provide guarantees of principal protection, crediting interest, that means usually with a fixed annuity, they are linked to the market performance but not directly invested in the market. Variable annuities, however, are directly invested in the market, which means that your account value will vary and may go down depending upon the, what the market has done. There's also the, the potential of surrender charges. So remember, we said that these are long-term investment contracts. That means that if you get into a, let's just say a five-year contract, and if you want to kill or surrender the, the contract prior to five years, there will be a surrender charge. If you're looking at a longer term contract, 10 years. Now, kind of like with the banks, with the CDs, although CDs really aren't paying much at all these days, they do get a little bit better with the longer term and the, the, the commitment of time. The same applies to annuities. The longer your time commitment, the better the results would be as far as potential interest credits. That being said, if you do have a five to seven to 10 year commitment of time, and you wanna get out of the contract early, could be subject to a surrender charge. You also have to remember this. Now this could be a pro and con at the same time. Annuities are not covered by the FDIC. That means the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, which is what covers banks and those types of institutions. There is, however, insurance protection from another source, but that's for a different topic a different day. Just know that insurance is very highly regulated, very well covered. There's many different safeties and, and guarantee features built into these. So once again, just because it's not that particular insurance corporation known as the FDIC 
doesn't mean that insurance such as annuities and life insurance don't otherwise have great insurance protection because they absolutely do. Barry, what's next? Well, okay, so now how do we fix it? What's some alternatives for costing you less? ETFs and indexed mutual funds. ETFs and indexed mutual funds are similar in some ways to active mutual funds. They are still diversified baskets of security, stocks and bonds, usually stocks. However, on average, they cost substantially less than the actually mutual fund, and for one simple reason, they aren't actively managed. You see, an index fund or an ETF doesn't have a manager or a team of analysts tasked with beating a benchmark. They are simply trying to mirror a previously existing index. For example, if you have an S&P index fund, then inside the fund is likely the same 500 U.S. stocks that represent the S&P 500. No management, no buying and selling. None of the costs associated with either. If only 8% of actually managed large cap funds have outperformed the market in the last 15 years, why not just buy a, a large cap ETF that mirrors that and pay a lot less for better performance? But again, that's a passive fund. It's not an actively managed yeah. fund. So that's just one way potentially to invest one alternative. Another one is in the realm of insurance, and that would be the fixed annuities. Now, fixed annuities include two different types of fixed annuities. In general, there's the regular fixed annuity. There's also the fixed indexed annuity. And you can also buy what's called immediate annuities, which is to say that you turn that particular investment, let's just say $100,000 initial investment, into an immediate stream of income. Typically, that's a type of investment we see for people who are looking at Medicaid qualification, Medicaid spend down. It's one way to not have an asset count as an asset. But a fixed index annuity, it doesn't put money directly into the sub accounts, which is to say directly into the stock market. Rather, they help protect your money from all downsides. So there's a downside protection of retain your gains, never going backwards. And that is at least one of the benefits of a fixed index annuity. So your growth potential typically is a bit lower, at least compared to say the overall market or maybe even a variable annuity if you're looking at a bull market. Now, if you're looking at kind of a bearish market trend, then variable annuities can be a horrible investment. Growth, however, should not be the primary concern when buying an annuity. It should be income and it should also be the the benefits that come along with the riders and the other features and benefits with the annuity contracts. So there's other features to look for and a fixed annuity or fixed index annuity typically has a 1% or less or sometimes even no fees at all when all is said and done. Barry? Uh, this is one of my favorite alternatives to just buying stocks directly, individual positions, which is very cost efficient when you buy stocks directly or equities. No annual costs or fees unless you're paying to manage it. The only thing is the trading cost of when you buy and sell and trade. Now, fees and performance, do they correlate? Let's not get ahead of ourselves just yet. You may be thinking, well, why don't I just go buy all the stocks, ETFs, index mutual funds, fire my advisor, find a cheap custodian and call it a day. Well, some people do that. We talk to do-it-yourselfers all the time, and you're certainly welcome to try that. And We wish you the best of luck, but if something goes wrong, what do you do? You look in the mirror. So you have to have the confidence that you will do the right thing, especially go back as recent as March, James. 
when March, well, March was down in the 30s just for one month. It has recovered, but 08, 08 was down 38%. And I'm talking index funds, large caps, and almost everything. So instead of bailing on your prof- professional, we want you to reconsider and getting out of the, uh, you know, getting out the dollars you are paying, or both on the product side and the financial professional side. And that's that's where we're going to stop for today. So, very simply, call us, Brown Financial Advisors, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. Our phone number, again, 513-575-9654. Barry? All right, thanks for listening today, folks. Remember, we work for you as clients, not companies. You can find our podcast at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Have a great week. Remember this, sound money, where good things believable, achievable, and true for you.